Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Health Made podcast. I'm Georgie, your host, and my mission is to be your guide on an incredible journey toward health, healing, and happiness. This podcast is for anyone seeking to understand true holistic well being while exploring the realms of the mind, body, and soul. Join me as I delve into insights that have not only helped me through my own personal challenges, but have also benefited the thousands of women I've had the privilege of working with. From overcoming negative body image, struggling with self-worth and self-sabotaging behaviors, to navigating heartbreaks, life as an introvert, and undergoing a spiritual transformation. If there is anything you can take from these episodes, I hope it's the realization that you can live an abundant, fulfilling life that feels authentic to you, and you are never alone on this journey of self-discovery. I'm so grateful that you're tuning in. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so pleased that you are tuning into this episode. A lot has happened since we last spoke. Obviously, there was Christmas, New Year. I recently turned 30, and I've also just moved house, and I'm now living up in Edinburgh. So, a lot to catch you up on, but for today, I am coming to you from my bougie little stand-up desk setup. So, hopefully this means that there will be more podcasts coming. I say hopefully, no, I'm committing to doing more podcast episodes more frequently because I literally have no excuse anymore. So today I wanted to talk to you about my experience from taking a break in my training routine last year um, and the lessons that I learned surrounding body image, relationship to food, and just kind of the way that I had been treating myself and the intentions behind my training. I'll be sharing a couple of the challenges that I faced during that break and how I dealt with those, Um, why I decided to take a break in the first place and kind of the backstory leading into that. Um, And then I guess just share some insights and tools for anyone who might resonate with my experience. Um, Maybe you're not feeling great about yourself right now or you are questioning your intentions for training or just you really have struggled with body image for a long time I really think or I hope there will be some helpful um, discussions that go on during this episode I think what I want to get across um, is that sometimes we can get so fixated on achieving something that we put our happiness on hold until we have achieved that thing and we can get so sucked into this process of achieving that goal that we actually forget why we even started and this is kind of how training had showed up for me if you listened to I think it was episode two of the podcast you'll remember that I kind of shared how I got into fitness because I wanted to feel better about myself and at the time I thought that meant changing my body from the outside and over time it just kind of became this fixation on achieving the perfect body that um, I just put my happiness on hold until I had achieved that quote-unquote perfect body. Um, And it was that kind of classic mindset of, I will love myself when my body looks like X. And maybe you'll remember me sharing that even when I achieved that body, um, I still wasn't happy. So I feel like now I am truly 
talking to you from a place of feeling so much love and acceptance for my body. And obviously I'm gonna share how I got there, but I almost want to use my story as an example of what not to do in a way or what not to wait for um, before you actually start addressing these issues and making a change. Because I finally started to face my body issues off the back of a pretty messed up situation last year. Um, And what I've come to realize is often it is only when something really bad happens to us or we hit rock bottom that then we finally decide to make this change. And if I can give you the tools and the knowledge to start making those changes in your life, or at least just adopt a different perspective, then I really want that for you kind of now. Um, It's like, you know, I don't want you to have to wait for things to get bad enough before you're forced into changing. And I wish if I hadn't waited, um, because I do think there's a lot of regret um, that I hold for a lot of the time that I've now wasted in the past worrying about my body. Um, And I probably would not have found myself in the situation I did last year if I had been kinder um, to myself in the first place. But I'll probably get into that and talk about that at some point um, in a bit. Now, I do want to emphasize that when I talk about this break that I took, I am by no means saying that everyone who trains needs to heal their relationship to their body. Often getting into a good training routine can be a great way to improve how you actually perceive yourself. I more want to focus on those of you who know that you maybe don't have a very healthy relationship to your training or you're questioning your incentive behind your training and I really want to get clear on the reasons that you are kind of training in a specific way. So to give you some context around the break that I took and what that actually looked like from July last year or maybe even June, no it was July, July last year until about you know December, Christmas time, I stopped going to the gym. I maybe stepped in the gym two or three times to do some handstand work because I find that quite fun. Um, But as someone who lived in the gym for nearly like the past decade of my life and literally went through phases of never taking rest days, um, it was a little extreme to go completely cold turkey. But looking back at it now, I'm glad I went through it and it was needed. My gym routine literally dictated my life. Like if I couldn't train, I was moody. If I felt weak one day, I was an instant failure. If I wasn't seeing results, then there was something wrong with me. And I would decline trips or social events or just spending time with my family if I didn't have access to a gym. And I had this deep fear that if I stopped for more than like, like if I took three rest days in a row, I'd gain weight, everyone would hate me, I'd hate myself. Um, And this sounds so tragic, but, and sad, because I'm sure there are some people out there that can resonate with this to some, some degree. Um, And one thing I want to add here is that in taking this break, I have learned that our fears around what might happen are far worse than what does actually happen. And we can catastrophize the worst case scenarios so that we make sure we stay safe and avoid those fears. But the biggest takeaway was that by doing the one thing that I was scared to do, aka rest, that actually led to a lot of growth and stepping into our fear, as cringe as it sounds, stepping into our fear head on 
instead of just doing all of these things to try and control the worst case scenario is the only way that you are going to break free from a fear. You can't avoid the fear you have to face. You have to face the fear. Okay, so that's my little pep talk over. (laughs) Um, Going back to my break. For the last six months of 2023, I just allowed myself to rest. And some days I barely moved. Some days I did some Pilates because I did you know, feel like moving my body. And if I had loads of energy that I felt I needed to go and release, um, then I'd go for a run. So I was still exercising, but it came from a place of like, what does my body really need? What do I need? Versus this old mindset of, I have to train so I can look X or I have to train so that X doesn't happen. And to give you the backstory into how this break came about, It was slightly unintentional, Um, it wasn't planned, but this is what I mean by I almost want you to plan some sort of strategy if this is something you're struggling with, plan it so that it doesn't just kind of happen to you or is just forced onto you in a very negative circumstance because I just don't want anyone else to get to this point before they start to make a change. I do believe that if you treat yourself badly and you talk to yourself badly, you are literally attracting people into your life who will do exactly the same. Now, that is not me insinuating that if you have a bad relationship to your body, then you're gonna end up with terrible partners in your life. But sadly, I do see quite a lot of that happening. Um, And our relationships can literally be a mirror into our subconscious. So if you are not able to accept yourself, it's really hard to expect someone else to do that. And this is what I mean by I likely would not have found myself in this situation if I had been more loving and compassionate towards myself because I ended up in a relationship with someone I never would have gone for if I'd been in a more confident place. To cut a long story short, I fell madly in love with a guy, was living with him, we were planning our future. And then one day... Back in July, this veil dropped and I was confronted with so many things that I had been completely blissfully ignorant to. There were so many lies and so much betrayal, so much emotional manipulation, lies to cover up the lies. And there was like this five week period of just more things coming to light and having to process one thing after another. And I can laugh about it now, having learned and taken so much away from it. But at the time, obviously, it was pretty horrific. And this was like the catalyst into me sort of finally taking care of myself. And I do. I feel like I just came to this point in some point in those five weeks where I just thought to myself, I can either show nothing but kindness, compassion, care to myself to get through this situation or... I can punish myself, take it out on my body, blame myself and essentially go into some sort of self-sabotaging mode. And that did feel quite familiar to me. So I am, I guess, proud of myself for not going down that route. And I do also just want to flag me acknowledging that I ended up in this situation because of the way that I perceived myself is not me blaming myself for what happened. Um, He did the things that he did, that's on him, but I'm more express how it highlighted to me where am I not being kind to myself and how can I take ownership 
of what's happened because you know how did I allow this what red flags did I ignore because there were red flags which I totally ignored um like can I take ownership of how I allowed this person into my life that's all I'm saying so yeah I decided the kindness compassion and care route and some days that meant curling up on the sofa with a blanket and literally not moving and even when those thoughts of you'll gain weight you'll lose all your muscle you'll lose all your strength um you know you need to go and move so that you can eat that snack and I'll be honest like those thoughts weren't that prevalent in my life sort of in the last few years that was probably when I was in the most like toxic um stage of like my fitness journey but there was always like an underlying sort of correlation between how much I exercise versus how much um I can eat so when I was confronted with those thoughts I really just had to sort of ask myself like is that a kind way of talking to yourself do you actually need to go and do these things and then I came to the conclusion that I didn't because the intention behind them wasn't actually coming from a kind place and when I started to get my mojo back um and recognized that I did want to start moving my body I kind of continuously checked in with it to see like okay where's this coming from do I actually want to go outside release some energy and you know have a sense of achievement um or am I just punishing myself for eating more food or am I just trying to burn some calories and what was really interesting to me was that I actually had no desire to go to the gym and lift weights and I think what that showed me was that my intentions with the resistance training in the past hadn't really come from a good place because when I was now in this um mindset of wanting to care for my body the one thing I let go of was um that style of training that kind of just slipped away so during this process of resting more and being more mindful with my body it became so much easier to actually listen to my body and often this gets totally misinterpreted as like oh I don't feel like training today so I won't but that's actually your mind that's telling you that not your body our bodies are supposed to move we are active beings and so what I mean by listening to your body is like looking at the bigger picture and almost addressing kind of like your overall symptoms like are you feeling really stiff and tight and do you need to go and have a good stretch are you feeling burnt out from overtraining and then do I need to go and take a rest day or rest week um are you feeling lethargic and actually yes a run and training session would perk you up are you feeling anxious and therefore something like yoga or even like the opposite something like boxing where you have a bit of anger release like maybe that would help And it's kind of tuning in and learning like what does my body need versus like what do I have to do to avoid this feeling of like guilt or like shame. So that was kind of what happened. So let's circle back around to today because I am now back into my resistance training and for completely different reasons, which I will get into in a little bit because it was like one of the lessons I learned from my break. Um, But I just wanted to mention that I have been able to revisit my resistance training without slipping back into old ways of thinking um so that absolutely is possible because that was a bit of a fear of mine was thinking like am I going to get triggered and slip back into old patterns as soon as I'm kind of back in this environment but thankfully I don't think I would have come back to it if I felt I was still in that place so yeah that's more just an example to kind of share with you that it is possible to then revisit it you don't have to give up 
you know, resistance training or whatever style of training, it might be that you do like chronic cardio, um, you can come back to those things with a healthier relationship. In hopes of keeping this episode quite clear and concise with some actual takeaways, I kind of wanted to lay out um, three or four, I think it's four, I think I I have four in my head, um, four lessons that I took from this break. And if you can apply these in your own life without having to go on a complete training hiatus, um, then great, I would actually really encourage that. So lesson number one was you cannot heal your relationship to your body in the same environment that encourages you to hate your body. Now, there are plenty of people out there who train for performance and maybe, yes, on the side, they enjoy the aesthetic changes. I am not denying that. But sadly, I would maybe say that most people do get into exercise from a place of lack. So a place place of lack in confidence in their appearance and maybe like a way to sort of discipline themselves into liking themselves. Um, Now, if you struggle with body image, this is actually a mental issue, which yes, can be improved through exercise. um, But what can happen is this kind of becomes a bit of a slippery slope and people become obsessed or fixated on the aesthetic results. And often it's actually not just an appearance issue and what I mean by that is it's not actually about the way you look it's about the way you perceive that you look so it's all how you think you look it's in your mind not necessarily how you objectively look on the outside and that and that is why some of the most ripped people in the world are the most insecure people and there are some incredibly out of shape let's say people who genuinely have so much love and acceptance towards their bodies. And as I mentioned in episode two, when I was in the best shape of my life, that was when my body image was at its worst. So essentially what I'm trying to say is in order to improve your body image, you need to work on the mindset first, not simply try and and change it externally and continuously subjecting your body to an environment that you associate with weight loss or aesthetics is likely going to keep you in this cycle of kind of fixating on your body. And they've actually done multiple studies on the prevalence of body dysmorphia in like the bodybuilding and bikini competitor scene. And those are the places where body dysmorphia is at the highest. And some people, I mean, I don't know if this is a good thing to say, but some people would argue that those are the most like in shape people um with all their ripped abs and popping muscles and literally no body fat um I mean I did go through a stage of literally glorifying that look until I realized how unhealthy it was so um yeah my advice would be to mix things up so try to be moving in a more mindful way and don't associate your training with burning calories or simply to just tone your muscles. So for me, doing Pilates was a big challenge for me mentally because I always thought it was completely useless and so ineffective when I could be lifting a heavy barbell instead. But honestly, it was amazing to kind of improve like that mind to body connection. It got me way more present with my body and it helped me change the narrative around I only train to burn calories. (laughs) So I essentially had to step away from trying to control the appearance of my body and step away from the environment that I was in that was kind of um, exasperating that to then finally accept my body for how it really was. And actually that 
conveniently leads me into lesson number two, which is that true self-love and self-acceptance cannot be conditional on an appearance. So if you only have love for your body when it looks a certain way, then you have not found true freedom and acceptance. And I will be realistic here. We all have those days where we don't feel great. And fun fact for you guys, this can actually be like hormone related. They have shown that just before your period, um, when we have this increased progesterone level, um, we have a spike in progesterone right before a period, that has been shown to exaggerate body image issues. Probably part of all our like PMS symptoms. So it's not completely um, unexplainable. And I am not suggesting that you're going to absolutely love your body every single day. But I do feel like this experience has taught me to find acceptance in my body. Um, even when I was losing my muscle and gaining fat, which is terms that I had previously associated with like regression and um, going backwards on my progress. And to give you an idea of actually what did happen to my body, I have lost a lot of muscle and I'm certainly squishier, let's say, than when when I was training. And obviously that is that is expected to happen. So I actually went through a stage of like initially losing quite a bit of weight when um, I was going through that stressful situation to then gaining it all back and more over the course of kind of the months to follow. But then I did settle to what we call in the industry, like my natural set point, which is where your body kind of naturally settles to a comfortable, consistent point without necessarily trying to change it. Um, now, it was so reassuring for me uh, to see that my body did not blow up as soon as I stopped training. And in fact, it really shouldn't unless you are having issues with your diet. Just because you stop training, your body will not blow up. And actually what I found um, was that my relationship to food considerably improved when I changed my mindset around training which conveniently leads me into lesson three, which is in healing your relationship to your body, only then can you find a positive relationship to food. And I wouldn't say that every issue with food stems from body image issues, because I can acknowledge that we eat for a multitude of reasons. Like Food psychology, I find absolutely fascinating. And it's obviously a very complex topic. But you know, um, we eat for so many different reasons, for survival, enjoyment, for energy and nourishment, performance, for social reasons. It can be a form for some um, of emotional regulation or sadly an addiction or even just like a form of escapism um, and a way to make you yourself feel better. Um, but for a lot of people, it is something that we can closely associate with like a way to manipulate your body. And I guess this is understandable <laughs> given the laws of energy balance and how food essentially affects our bodies. However, what I've found that when you give yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever you want, um, so for example, let's say you woke up in the morning and you could eat anything you wanted and it wouldn't change your body and you knew that was going to be the future for you. Yes, there might be this initial stage where you have a complete blowout, but eventually what would happen, and there are so many examples of this in the kind of food psychology space, after a period of time, you actually become so uninterested in those foods because they are no longer 
the forbidden fruit. And food can simply become something for enjoyment with friends, for energy and nourishment. And, you know, you then aren't focused on so much like what you can and you can't have and you don't attach like a morality to to your food. And this is what happened for me because... The amount of exercise I would do used to dictate how much I would allow myself to eat. And in applying certain restrictions, all I wanted to do was eat those foods. Um, It's like that inner rebel in you. And I just want, I just craved the foods that were like off limit. Um, And so when I cut back my exercise, I was faced with either I now eat nothing um, because I'm barely moving my body, which, you know, I didn't want to do, or I just trust my body to do its thing and actually just give it what it wants and see what happens. So I just said to myself, eat what you want. You need a break. You've literally restricted yourself or put rules on your food for so long. And again, I will emphasize this, like it did get better more recently over the last couple of years. I can look back now and I can still see so many of my thoughts were consumed around food. Obviously with Christmas coming up, that was hard because this was like hugely triggering for me. If you have an issue with food, you will 100% resonate with this, but Christmas was triggering. And what was so interesting for me this year, having had a few months leading up to it, trying to sort of um, work through all of these sort of thoughts that were coming up was that actually by eliminating the um, overtraining, there was no reason for me to overeat or binge. And when we look at sort of binge eating disorders and how you work through that, what you actually are trying to do is eliminate the cause. So your goal is to not stop the binge. Your goal is to initially stop what's causing the binge. And normally that is the restriction or the overtraining, the overcompensating, the purging afterwards, the purging of calories. Um, And so for me, now that I wasn't doing the kind of overtraining, I was like, well, why would I, why would I overeat? I literally have no reason to, whereas previously it would be like, okay, I'm overeating because tomorrow I can just burn it off. It's okay. Um, I feel like I've gone way off tangent, but that was kind of what happened for me. And I just want that to be, again, an example of often we think when we allow ourselves unconditional permission to eat foods, we are just going to completely go crazy and blow out. And I will be honest, that might happen initially. Um, but <laughs> eventually, and this happens very quickly, like literally as soon as you are allowed anything, um, the disinterest kind of kicks in and you're like, okay, actually what foods make me feel good and give me enough energy to function in my day? And what do I enjoy eating with my friends versus, you know, I'm going to go to the supermarket and buy all of these foods that I'm going to binge on in secret and then I'll go burn it off tomorrow. So yes, sorry, side tangent, but you know, Um, healing your relationship to your body and allowing it to just be as it is will make it so much easier to heal your relationship to food as well. Now my final lesson and the reason that I'm now back in the gym and training again um, in a more sustainable way um, or not sustainable because obviously it's for some reason I was able to sustain a very intense training program um, for years but I mean more let's say more enjoyable a more enjoyable training program that is benefiting me in in positive ways. Um, 
So the reason I'm back is I have found a new appreciation for all of the things that resistance training did bring me, but that I just couldn't see at the time because I was so focused on the aesthetic side of things. And while I did go through phases of wanting to be, let's say, more functional or to be stronger, I can't believe I'm about to admit this, but those were honestly things I felt I should want. And I was just trying to force them on myself because I knew it was a healthier mindset. But deep down, I knew it came from this will this will help me look better. Um, so in taking the break, I've actually started to experience things and not in a good way um, that I never used to. And one is just a lack of strength. And I've moved around quite a lot in the last few months um lived out of suitcases and just carrying my stuff around has become increasingly harder and I've, <laughs> I I felt and still still do compared to where I was at I feel weak and it's not a nice feeling um because I used to kind of be the person that you know would <laughs> happily walk up to a heavy box and pick it up and now I have this fear of like am I going to pull my back out and I think obviously turning 30 is not old at all but I did have this kind of realization of like I really need to look after my body for like longevity reasons um and so yeah obviously having the appreciation that the strength um the strength I was getting from my training another thing was balance and um I've never struggled with my balance. I think I was a gymnast as a child, so I was very good with my balance. And then as I sort of got into my training, that just stayed. And I don't know if this is something um, I should be worried about, but sometimes I will stand up now and sort of fall backwards and it just everything feels, I just feel less stable and sturdy. And I think back to actually when I did first start training in the gym, and I see this with clients, actually new clients, they'll send me a demo video of them, a a training video of them doing an exercise because obviously I work fully online. And you can see at the start of the block, like, and this was me at the start of my training, um, like slightly wobbly knees and kind of joints are just a bit flimsy. And then throughout that training block, you see them get a lot more like stable and sturdy and they're moving through the movements a lot smoother. um, And they just have better, better balance than they did like at the start. And so that has been something where that, you know, I, I do get continuously reminded on a daily basis, like, okay, this is why you train. Like we want to keep, keep our balance. And, um, obviously this is probably a really bad thing to talk about, but like when you think of elderly people, their biggest cause of injury is like, um, accidental falls from losing their balance. Um, and so I've found this real appreciation for like, okay, I need to train to really care for my body and to sort of set it up <laughs> for its best condition possible as as I age. Um, and then I think also another thing I found this appreciation for is like the mental resilience that training brought me. And while I have loved being more intuitive and going with the flow, I have found it harder to apply myself to hard tasks in general, like in other areas of my life. And while I'm not a believer in disciplining your body as punishment, I do believe that healthy challenge can set you up for so much success in sort of all areas of your life. Um, And actually getting back into training this past month, it has allowed me to apply myself to 
tasks and like just get shit done and organize my thoughts a little bit better. So um, that's been a newfound appreciation. So I do want to get into a few of the challenges that I faced throughout the process because it was by no means a comfortable process and if you're listening and what I'm saying is kind of landing with you and this is maybe a process that you feel you need to go through too then I just kind of want to manage your expectations and hopefully put some of the fears that you might have to bed because obviously the first challenge with everything I've spoken about was my fear of gaining weight and this sounds tragic but I had fears that people would be like talking about my weight gain behind my back and questioning my abilities as a coach thinking I've just let myself go or that maybe I would just feel really embarrassed around my friends and yes there were times that I felt uncomfortable but I just decided that I was not going to let my thoughts go there I was going to stop it in its tracks so when a thought about my weight popped into my head I'd kind of just say to myself like, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. And then I'd literally go and get on with whatever I was doing. And after a while, that just kind of became my go-to. I'd almost feel the thought coming in. I could preempt that thought coming in. I'd go, nope, we're not going there. And there are days where, you know, maybe I'm not feeling great. Like I said, there are still always going to be those days, but I just catch myself before it spirals and remind myself of like what is truly important in life and what makes me feel good and what was really interesting is actually as soon as I stopped trying to shrink my body I no longer cared if it didn't shrink um, because I'd stop body checking I'd stop nitpicking it and overanalyzing it and it was just like I'd finally given myself permission for my body to just be as it was and Slowly as time passed and my body did change, um, it was actually easier to accept those slow changes versus what I used to experience, um, which was like extreme fluctuations in my body when I was going sort of all in, all out. um, Or, you know, the day after a binge when my body felt swollen and puffy. And second challenge I faced was a little bit of an identity crisis. And I laugh because if you followed my Instagram, you probably witnessed that. But having been known and knowing myself as a fitness girl, when I no longer did fitness in that kind of way, um, I was confronted with this horrible feeling of, well, who am I then? And what I've learned is that is a journey we will always be on. (laughs) I will always be on that journey. And I'm not going to get into my spiritual awakening right now, but um, one day I'm sure I will. But actually dropping that identity, I have really been able to just get to know myself um, without the fitness mask. And now fitness is just something I do. It's kind of not who who I am, let's say. So yeah, there was this little uncomfortable feeling of like, right, well, who am I? Um, but you are not the things that you do, my friends. And then the third challenge um, I faced was kind of a confronting feeling of feeling like a failure and at times I did question like am I just being lazy and have I just given up because I would get so triggered by seeing other influencers or other coaches oh I just referred to myself as an influencer then that felt weird (laughs) um 
I guess I am, uh, seeing other, other influencers, other coaches on Instagram doing their thing. I was like, God, am I just, have I just given up? And it was really hard to sort of break the association between less meaning like worse or rest meaning lazy. Um, and so it was really about reframing those beliefs and actually focusing on the things that were getting better. So for example, I was able to socialize without worrying about food. I had so much more mental headspace to focus on other tasks and more enjoyable thoughts. And I wasn't waking up every morning thinking about how was my body gonna look? How was I gonna feel about my body? When I, when was I gonna train? Um, and this is what I always say to clients is you just have to trust the process and know that if and when it would feel right to come back to training, then of course I could, and that would be from a healthier place. And so that was kind of like my driving force to just push through um, my fear that I was failing. Um, So yeah, that kind of leads me um, to, I guess, an overarching question, which you might have, or I think I probably would have if I was listening to this. And that is how do you find self-acceptance in a body that you aesthetically might not be happy with or even a body that is actually progressing further away from where you might want it to be and I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is how is this mentality of self-hatred and criticism actually serving me is it making me feel good I'm gonna say absolutely not um it's just putting you in this angry state of kind of self-loathing and likely taking up so much mental headspace that could be assigned to other things that do make you feel good, do make you feel happy, or at least make you feel like maybe more productive. And really look at how it's showing up for you in your relationship. So is it preventing you from being close with your partner? Is it stopping you from meeting someone? Is it isolating you from your friendship circles? And then ask yourself, like, why do I actually want my body to look different? And I'm sure you could come up with a whole list of specific reasons, but really what it stems down to is, I'm sure, just wanting to feel good or feel better in some way. And often we hold this belief, like I did, like, I will feel better when, I will be happy when, I will love myself when like I said earlier, it's conditional. And we think that shaming ourselves into change is the only way to make ourselves do it. But really, it just keeps you trapped in this kind of horrible cycle. And change really starts in the mind. And happiness has a lot to do with like our perception of things. And what happens when you start to change your perception about your body into one of acceptance, no matter how it looks, you can actually then just get on with like truly living your life, which in turn does lead you to feeling good, which was your initial goal, remember? And the funny thing is, is that when you actually start living your life, that is when your body will start to change, not when it's coming from a place of desperation. So It normally is the one thing that we're too afraid to do that actually gets us the results. Um, And yeah, I just think we put living our life and being happy on hold. And that is actually the thing that prevents us from feeling good about ourselves. So I'm going to leave you with that and 
One final reminder of just don't wait for something tragic to happen in your life before you are forced into loving yourself. There is so much liberation on the other side and you can kind of start working on that mindset literally right now. Which leads me into a shameless plug. And I say shameless, so it's not shameless because this is this is my podcast. Um, but I have started offering one-off consultations for all things health and fitness related. Um, and you will get a 40% discount on that service if you're listening to this podcast. So that obviously involves a very detailed questionnaire for me to get to know you better, followed by a 90 minute consultation and then a 45 minute consultation one month later as like a follow-up. And this can be to discuss anything about your journey, your struggles, anything related to topics I've covered in this episode, and just guidance on how to get you closer to feeling your best. So like I said, 40% discount. Um, If you are listening to this, you just need the coupon code podcast. And the link will be down in the description box and the show notes. And it will also be on my Instagram profile. So if you go and click the link over there and just put the coupon code podcast in, that will save you 40%. Um, And hopefully I will speak to some of you very soon. And the last thing I'm going to add is ask you a very kind favor that if you took anything from this podcast, please give it a good rating, leave me a comment, share it with your friends, like anything that will get me into the hands of someone that needs it and support me and my business in the process would be muchly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch up with you in the next episode. Take care.